The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Allie Ostrander, who is a legend in the sport of running. She grew up in Alaska playing basketball alongside running, ended up winning an NXN title her senior year, which was also a course record that year. She moved on to Boise State, the Broncos, where she won three NCAA steeplechase titles, as well as multiple All-American placings in cross-country and in indoor and outdoor track. As of summer 2019, she is now running for the Brooks Beasts out in Seattle, Washington. She also represented the United States at the World Championships last year in Doha. She's only 23, she's a young buck in the sport, and she has one of the best personalities, I think, in female distance running. Her interviews are amazing, so of course you know I had to get her on the podcast. This episode is really fun. We talk about kind of her upbringing as a runner, transition into her mountain running career, as well as kind of what professional running has been like for her and going through injury and much more. So I'm excited for you guys to get to listen. Stay tuned. This week's episode is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans that fit every kind of lifestyle. You guys already know that I love Green Chef. They let you choose from a wide variety of easy to follow lifestyles with select organic ingredients. Everything is handpicked and delivered right to your door with the ingredients. They come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. I love this because you can get a lot more flavor in less time and just a lot less complicated than trying to come up with recipes on your own or finding recipes on your own. Green Chef makes it super easy to have delicious, simple meals. Recipes are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. Meal plans include paleo, plant-powered keto, and balanced living. The main reason that I use Green Chef is because I'm not really one to go search for new recipes. You know, when I find something I like, I usually stick with it and then I get bored of it after a while, but I just never really go out of my way to create something brand new, especially when it comes to dinner. So Green Chef, I just love how they have the recipe laid out for me. They're super easy to use and the flavors are always changing. So I never get bored of the meals and the meals are just a lot more flavorful than what I would be used to because I don't really go out of my way to buy spices or like have spices in my cabinet or using herbs and Green Chef makes it super easy just by having pre-portioned, measured everything shipped to your door and ready for you to whip up in the kitchen. So 
Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh to offer a wider range of meal plans to choose from, so there's something different for everyone. I love switching between the brands when my taste change or just I want to eat a little bit differently from month to month. If you guys are interested, use code COLDBREW80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew80 to redeem and for more details. That's code COLDBREW80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box at greenchef.com slash coldbrew80. Now let's get straight into the episode. Alrighty, Ali, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you on. Uh, can we just get a little rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yeah. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me on. Pretty stoked to be one of the fellas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm Ali Ostrander, and I'm originally from Alaska. Went to college at Boise State, and um, won three national titles in steeplechase and now I just signed with Brooks running uh almost exactly a year ago and I've just been running with them I live in Seattle and yeah um that's pretty much me nice good little rundown um you forgot to mention I think the most impressive part of your um Gosh, what's the right word? <laughs> the most impressive part of your resume. And that is, in my opinion, the 2015 Junior World Mountain Running Champion. From personal experience, I actually ran at the World Mountain Running Championships when I was a junior as well in 2013. It was in Poland. And that was, without without a doubt, the hardest race of my life. And <laughs> I cannot believe that you won that race. That... Literally, it's straight up a mountain. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, but, uh, yeah. I think you I can- pretty well with the straight up a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're running straight up a black diamond, uh, black diamond ski thing. I don't even, I, I it's all a blur, honestly, to me now. Was, <laughs> for you, was it, uh, was the course down up or up down? So, it the year I did it, it was up and down. So, um, the first half was like pretty steep uphill, but then the second half was like cruising. Okay. See, for me, it was the first half was straight downhill, and then you had about ten feet of flat ground, and then you proceeded to climb all the way back up. Which I don't really know what the better option is. Like the I don't know if going down first is better than going up. I don't know. No, honestly, it's, I w- I was happy getting the up over with to start. Yeah, like the town just kind of destroyed my legs, but I don't even remember what place I got. But I just remember like two years after I went seeing that you won. I was like, that is, I don't think people understand how impressive that is. <laughs> to me, I was really impressed. But anyways, that was, that was like literally five years ago now. Um, yeah, I usually don't start my intro with like accolades that are five years old, but <laughs> maybe I'll start. Honestly, it's still relevant to me, okay? I think it's one of the more relevant things to me. Well, um, matters. <laughs> so you grew up in Alaska. That's a little different. I don't know many people that have grown up in Alaska. I think I only know you and then two others maybe. Can you describe what that was like, especially as a runner? Yeah. Um, 
So I feel like Alaska is definitely less like exotic or Arctic than people imagine it to be. Like we have a summer still, it gets up to like 75 degrees, um, but the winter is pretty long and dark. And so um, not really many people run during the winter. Uh, a lot of people like cross country ski for training because um, we have a cross country ski team at the high school. Uh, but I actually played basketball during the winter. So all through high school, I didn't actually run year round. Um, I just like did basketball in the winter and then ran like during the spring, summer, fall. So that I think was pretty different than a lot of people from other states where they have like indoor track during the winter. Uh, but I enjoyed it a lot. And it was like, uh, a good like physical and psychological break. Yeah, definitely. How did you get your start in basketball? Uh, you know, my dad and mom actually both played basketball like in high school, and my dad was in like this old man's league when I was <laughs> younger, so I kind of saw him playing. Um, and yeah, just like I don't know, my parents put me in like pretty much all the sports just to see what I would like. So, um, I did soccer and basketball and like dance and gymnastics and skiing and running and skiing running and soccer and basketball were what stuck with me um so I, I kind of just did it from when I was younger and stuck with it you didn't want to pursue it um in college at all you know very seriously considered that but I uh, didn't have a lot of offers on the basketball front oh, bummer any any sort of cross training in college <laughs> some basketball practice yeah, yeah, I just rocked up to the Boise State women's practices for some cross-training sessions. <laughs> that's actually, that, I mean, that's pretty cool that you um, did that, you did that all four years of high school? I did, yeah, and it was, it was really fun. It was also fun to, like, um, develop as a basketball player just because, like, I I don't know, but I obviously am not your typical basketball player. So, um, like my, my freshman year, the coach, I was on C team. Um, the coach actually told me to quit basketball. Whoa. <laughs> um, okay. She was worried I was going to get injured and not be able to run. It was probably smart on her fault, but fired me up. But by senior year, I made all state. So, you know, she's, you know, she's probably glad I stuck with it now. Yeah, you know, the haters, haters gonna hate, but you just gotta push through. Yeah, you know, went from C team to all state. So pretty proud of that accomplishment. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. And what is the what is the running like in Alaska? Is there a lot of competition growing up? Or were you just kind of like a standout? Um, I'd say that like, there have definitely been some good runners, but it's just usually not very deep. Because Alaska is like a way smaller population than most states. So uh, every year I'd say there's like two or three like really good girls. And then the drop off is pretty quick. Um, but yeah, like when I was in high school, I won most of my races by like a minute or more. So it there wasn't a lot of competition. Yeah, would you, I, I think I raced you a couple times in high school. I don't really remember. I mean, I was from California, so I think you came down to Arcadia once and we raced. I mean, you were worlds ahead of me, but did you, like, go out of state for competition a lot? Uh, I didn't much. So, like, 
I th- that race was my junior year. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever uh, raced like outside of the state for track. And actually, I only <laughs> raced one other time out of state for track, and that was that same year at like New Balance Nationals. And then my senior year, I was going to, but I got injured like towards the end of the season like the Alaska season. And so I never actually did any track races outside the state after that. Man. And then cross country, was it just like uh, the national qualifier and nationals really? Yeah. um, My junior year, I did a race at George Fox and then um, didn't do any after that. So my senior year was the only year I did um, in XN. Oh, and then you won, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's really impressive. Winning NXN with going one time. I feel like that sort of race kind of takes a lot to kind of get used to, but wow, I did not know that. That's very impressive. So props to you. Again, another race that's like six years ago now. Yeah. But these all um, stick out in my mind, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure the high schoolers are, I mean, I'm sure they've known about all your stats too especially the world mountain running championships <laughs> oh oh yeah <laughs> so I feel like only doing an in once like I was almost like able to be less nervous just because there wasn't like any expectation or like comparison from the year before I was just like well this is the first time I've ever tried this so just kind of like see what I can do obviously you know like I I wanted to win and I went in with that mentality, but at the same time it was like a little more chill just because I it wasn't like I'd gotten second or like won the year before or something like that. Yeah, so there're definitely pros and cons. Uh, that was the first year it was on the new race course, right? Yeah, so I got the course record. Stood for 1 year, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, girly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So how did you like get your start in running and have you always been as talented as you are now or were there some big jumps that you had? Uh, yeah. So I guess my first experience with running was like a Hershey's track meet, which now I think that's been renamed and it's just like USATF junior or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it ran the 50 meter dash and the 400, um, oh, sprint queen over here. Uh, so, you know, uh, tough losses there. But uh, yeah, my parents were kind of into running, like at least recreationally. And so I think that's pretty much how I got my start. And then my sister started doing cross country when she was in sixth grade. And she's three grades ahead of me. And, um, so I would just like go to practices with her because my mom was helping coach and then just kind of run with them. Um, and then I did like the little community races, uh, and yeah, just kind of from there got more serious as it went along, but I didn't get like super serious about running until like midway through high school because I was really into soccer. So, um, I I played soccer during the summer um, and even like during the track season all the way through my sophomore year. I find a lot of like the really good runners don't really start getting serious until midway through high school. I don't know. It's a common theme. It's, it's the same for uh, a lot of my college teammates were exactly the same way. They kind of just like 
just started to dial in, you know, sophomore, junior year of high school, and then it just kind of went from there. It's just an interesting thing I've noticed, so that's kind of cool. I also feel like a lot of runners played soccer, which makes sense because soccer is, like, of the team sports, probably has, like, the most running in it. Yeah, and, it, I mean, soccer takes a lot of endurance, too, so I feel like if you have the endurance, like, if you're good running up and down the field for however long a soccer game is. I never played soccer. I'm clueless. <laughs> but I know it's long. So if you can do that, I feel like people, like cross-country coaches take notice, you know, and try to recruit you slowly but surely. And then <laughs> end up end up getting you to quit soccer for running. <laughs> yes, and here we are. You chose Boise State. Why, why um, did you choose good old Idaho? So I loved the city, and I still do love – Boise like I go back there and and visit a lot uh and I also liked the team when I visited and the coaches like gave me a lot of confidence that they would be able to like help me reach my potential but not burn me out um and another thing for me with Boise that was really exciting was that it was like a relatively um new program kind of like on the national scene it was definitely on the rise uh as opposed to like I also looked at Arkansas and Oregon um which were like very established programs so I felt like I like as an individual could make more of an impact at Boise and like helping to develop that program and like build a team and so that that really excited me just because I've always loved an underdog and um, just like being part of like kind of like the arise of a program sounded pretty cool to me. Yeah. And I feel like you definitely obviously made a huge impact on that team and definitely helped establish it on the national level. So that was pretty cool to watch your rise. I remember you coming to, <laughs> this is so random. I remember you coming on your visit to Oregon. You probably don't remember it all, but I remember I, I didn't, I wasn't your host or anything, but I was like on the altar G and you like came in and said hi. And I didn't really get to see you much on your visit. I was sad you didn't come, but Boise State worked out really well for you. So I can't be too disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Oregon was awesome. And I, I still like, I'm really happy with my decision to go to Boise. I, I loved it. But I also sometimes wonder what it would have been like to go to Oregon, just because you guys always had like the best of everything and like gear and like your facilities and you got so much hype. You guys are like celebrities in Eugene. So I always kind of wondered what that would have been like. <laughs> celebrities I don't think we were celebrities like I feel like I okay I drove through Eugene and like Chez and someone else were on a billboard I was like what other city <laughs> college runners on a billboard like only Eugene yeah I mean the one the one by the airport has like yeah you the first thing you see is Ed on the billboard I wonder if it's still up now I haven't flown into Eugene in a while but to put it into perspective <laughs> When we won NCAAs in 2016, we, like, any other sport, if, like, you win NCAAs, there's going to be a huge, like, pep rally or, like, giant party thing when you get back. You know, people are going to be flooding the streets being like, yeah, we won. Like, imagine if, I don't know, the Oregon football team won NCAAs. Like, it would have been huge. We stepped off the bus, silence. Not one person. <laughs> We're like, this is what it is. Celebrity status. <laughs> winning NCAAs I love cross country Woo. <laughs> yeah but I, w I will say there's definitely like 
I mean, Tracktown USA, it's like pretty well known for their running community. So it's definitely more of like a in the know type situation. Like people are familiar that Oregon has a good running program, but I think celebrity, <laughs> celebrity is a little bit of a stretch, but it, it definitely would be a different experience. Was your, was it like a pretty good team environment at Boise? Yeah, I'd say we had a good team environment. And like, so my freshman year, we had like a pretty big freshman class. And then um, like two years later, we had another big class. And so I feel like kind of as the years went on, we got like closer and like increased our like team cohesion I'd say like I think that it took a little while for us to have like a good team dynamic just because that's something that you kind of have to develop and we didn't have like when we had like all these freshmen like none of us had been there long enough to develop that and so by my senior year like that was like the most fun I'd ever had on a team and it was it was just like an awesome like group to be a part of yeah it's kind of cool when you're a senior and you kind of get to look you know at all the youngins and see the program that you helped to develop I know for me personally every single year of college was so different like the team dynamics were so different every single year I don't know if it was like that for you um but I mean I had people that were older than me that were like kind of setting the team dynamic it was just weird when I was the senior being like okay I guess it's my time to lead (laughs) I completely agree like it's crazy how the team changes every year um yeah and especially just because like you can have you know like seven eight new people coming in and there are years where like no one actually leaves and it's just I don't know yeah it's 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 different for sure and it was probably very different for you coming in being already so dominant on the team was that kind of intimidating coming in knowing you have like the pressure to be number one number two on the team already um I guess I didn't really have that expectation for myself like I definitely wanted to be in the top five but I was really surprised that like I was number one on the team like right away uh I think I just I honestly I probably shouldn't have been as surprised as I was but I just didn't really think it through I guess (laughs) um but I I think it was it was fun though I didn't I don't mind like um having pressure or expectation to like perform for a team I think that that is really motivating to me yeah I think honestly having pressure to do well for your team is a lot it's a lot yeah like you said it's a lot more motivating than doing it for yourself having like other people rely on you is just I don't know it's like scary but it's also exciting compared to yourself like you know you can let yourself down and get over it but if you let your team down you know it's it's a bigger hit so having that then backed behind you is it's a cool experience so there were definitely races like in college cross country specifically I remember where I just felt like so terrible and the only reason I kept going was because I was like okay I I have to get like a low score for the team if I drop out this will be terrible um and like if it had just been for me I I wouldn't have kept going 
I feel like that's, that is cross country in a nutshell. You know, people say like running is an individual sport and everything. And to a certain extent, it obviously is. But I think like most people that run cross country feel the same exact way, especially if you're on like a team that's vying for a national title or like to just do really well or to qualify to something. When you get to that middle part of the race and it really starts to hurt, I feel like the only thing I personally would rely on is the fact that I cannot mess it up for my teammates <laughs> and score 20 extra points that are not needed. Um, <laughs> so that's, I feel like that's what cross country is all about. That's why I wanted to go to a school that had a good cross country team. Cause I feel like it's just a fun, fun experience. Like even if you're not the best, it's fun to just like, I don't know, have a really good team and have everyone pushing each other. It's just a whole different experience, I think. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to uh, your pro career, why, what made you choose Brooks? I really like, so Danny, that's the coach at Brooks, has this philosophy where he tries to take like everything good from college and then like keep it on the pro scene as well. So like we have a team athletic trainer and we have a team nutritionist and we like meet as a group at least four days a week, sometimes more. And we have like the Brooks headquarters in the city where we're training as kind of like a hub for our team where we can have like we have a weekly team meeting. Um, And so we really like take those elements from the college scene and bring it to the pro scene, which I really liked because some of the groups that I looked at joining, like if you're there, you, you have to find your own athletic trainer and like you have to find um, like a nutritionist if you want that. And the team only meets for like workouts or something like that. And I feel like as far as team dynamic goes and like staying healthy, having an athletic trainer on staff and having like frequent team meetings is really important. A hundred percent. And you said it really well. A lot of like professional teams just don't have things like that. And a lot of other professional runners too have to like work nine to fives. Um, So I know a lot of like the smaller groups out there, they don't meet that many times a week, even for like workouts, they're not meeting or people are, I don't know, it's like two people at a time are meeting at this certain location. It's just kind of like all over the place. So I think having like uh, the Brooks Beast being able to kind of mimic that college structure is really, really important. And I know it kind of, it, I just, it's a very good recipe for success. Uh, I think a lack of structure in professional running can be a downfall for some people. So I think a lot of people uh, are like looking to kind of create the structure that you guys have. So it's, it's cool to see what you guys have done so far. Um, and like all of the new recruits you guys have been getting. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just cool to see how running groups are being established nowadays. Yeah, I know. Like definitely professional groups are becoming more and more prominent. Like there are fewer individuals with just like sponsors, but yeah, I, w- I would say that, like, that was one of the things that kind of surprised me the most when I was transitioning from college to pro was, like, how little structure some groups had. Um, just because you think, like, okay, well, you go from high school 
to college, like the facilities are better, like you have more resources, the coaching's better, all of that. So you think that it would be the same when you jumped from college to pro. But in reality, like a lot of pro teams have like fewer resources than colleges do. Like they don't have athletic trainers or they don't have a gym or they don't have like an alter G and stuff like that, which like, I didn't even consider that when I was at first looking into pro groups. I was like, oh, everyone's going to have an athletic trainer. Like, there will be a team doctor. Like, there will be facilities. Like, everything will just be given to me. When in reality, it's like, as a pro, like, in a lot of situations, you kind of have to build your own team. Um, And so, for me, that was, like, a huge, like, appealing part of signing with Brooks was that they did have that structure and those resources that I was used to in college. Yeah, and it's weird. Like you said, you would think that like any other professional sport is kind of presented with like, I don't know, you think of all the big money sports. When you go to college to pro, it's like that you jump another level up and you're getting even more and more resources. You're getting a ton of money. But for running, it's kind of weird. Sometimes you take a step back and like you said, it's falling on a lot of like your own abilities to get these things. It's just so, it's so weird. And I feel like I personally didn't really know it until my sister and me, I guess, like started working in it a little bit. And I think nowadays, like people are getting, like you said, more groups are popping up. So people are getting more established. But then you have other groups like Tin Man Elite who are just doing it all themselves, which is pretty cool. And I feel like in the future, it's going to be more and more like that. Like they have the new on running group, uh, which is pretty cool. That just uh started up I think last week this week I don't even know yeah uh, but yeah it'll be fun to see how it kind of evolves I think it'll help grow the sport too yeah for sure and I mean like having a group to train with and having those resources can only make people better so I think that as that becomes the standard like the competition level will rise as well a hundred percent like imagine <laughs> just imagine yourself being a professional runner and having zero people to train with, just yourself. <laughs> I know, I, and there are people that do that too. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I wouldn't, I would be able to do it, but I wouldn't be very happy. I don't think. I know. I it would be so hard for like me to push myself too in workouts. I feel like the only thing, especially in college, that like really helped me get to the next level is having someone that was like better than me pushing me. So I, yeah. there, there's no way I could mentally do that. So I give. A lot of props to the people that do. Um, it's just, it's just, it's a weird world. <laughs> it is. What, what would you say surprised you most about like being professional? Would you say that was, or did you have anything else that kind of stood out to you? Um, I think one thing that surprised me was like how chill people were. Like when I was making the jump to professional, I thought that people would just be like super locked in all the time, really serious, like, you know, no drinking, we have to, you know, eat super healthy. Um, But it was like, our team like actually has a lot of fun. And like, when it's the off season, like, we'll, we'll go out to the bars or like, Danny will buy us a round and I'm like my coach just bought me a drink is this a trick is this a trap what's happening I I I don't understand but like uh or like you know when we're at altitude we would 
have nights where like we'd have wine or whatever and like I I feel like you just think that once you're a professional the balance is gone it's just you know keyed in all the time but in fact like we still like do fun stuff and have team gatherings and um and have dessert and you just like you have to have some balance like you can't just be like pushing yourself in all aspects all the time like you have to relax some too and keep it fun and um that's that's kind of what surprised me I guess man that is so funny Carissa literally said the exact same thing last week literally like word for word the exact same thing I wonder what like why everyone thinks when they are going to be a professional everything's so intense like what I don't know what makes us think that there's going to be no balance anymore (laughs) yeah I don't know because like even just like logically I had to know that it's important to have balance (laughs) but yeah I mean I will say that like once it gets to the racing season we definitely get like progressively more keyed in but then like when it's the off season it's much more relaxed and so there's kind of like this ebb and flow of like when you are just like super focused, you know that there's like a finish to that where like you'll be able to relax or chill and just do more stuff that like maybe isn't as good for your running, um, but makes you happier. And so it's nice to like you have that balance and knowing when you need to be locked in and when you can kind of relax. Yeah. And I think that's the same for a lot of college programs too. At least it was for me. Um, I'm sure it was like that for you as well, where, you know, when you're getting like in season, nothing was really going on. Like life was pretty cut dry. I don't know. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a fun time, but yeah, like not as much dessert, you know, towards the end of the season, we're not going out to bars ever really um, until the season ended. So I feel like it's pretty common. Um, And yeah, you, you definitely need to have that balance even carrying into pro running. So I'm glad more people are talking about that. So at least, you know, maybe someone who's listening to this that wants to be a pro and running knows that it's not, (laughs) you don't have to cut out all dessert and you don't have to, you know, not go have fun and go to bed at 8 p.m. every night (laughs) all year round. Okay, so the the real most shocking thing for me was when my coach was buying us drinks. I was like, okay, in college, I had to like sneak out of hotel rooms to go out after national. (laughs) And now my coach is like condoning this behavior. Um, But yeah, no, it was it was a good time. (laughs) Yeah, weird being an adult, weird being on the other side. College is so many rules. And then I mean, it's like the structured thing, too. It's like, I don't know, it's just so, so different. Now you're just like a real-life professional, but you're still running, so. Yeah, Interesting. No, Interesting. It's, it's pretty great, honestly. My parents um, came to visit, and, like, after practice, um, our whole team usually will go to Brooks HQ, and they have, like, this thing called the Bistro, you know, Beast row Um, (laughs) yeah they did a good job with that one but it's just like a cafeteria basically and we can get free lunch there so we we go there pretty much after every practice and we were all just like hanging out and talking and joking around 
And my parents were like, this is so weird. It's like, you guys are adults, but you're just in this weird bubble where like you don't really have jobs and you just kind of get to hang out. It's like you're still in college, but you're not. And I was like, <laughs> I know, right? It's pretty great. <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, did you always know that you were going to run pro or was it something that just kind of, I don't know, once you got to college, you're like, all right, maybe this is the path I'm going to take. Um, yeah, I guess like at my freshman year of college, I like improved a lot. Like from, from the times I was running in high school, I, I think it was just because it was my first time, like actually running year round and also like having more people to train with and just like qualified coaching and all of that. Um, but once I started running sometimes, like I ran a 5k that qualified me to the Olympic trials and I was like, Oh wow. Like I could actually become a professional runner. And then like that year, some of the seniors that graduated that like I had been able to compete closely with like signed pro contracts. And I was like, okay, like as long as I, can like keep this up and keep improving like I should be able to run professionally after college is over and I mean that was a pretty exciting thought to me because anything that means I can avoid getting a real job and just get paid to run is obviously positive yeah um and I mean you had a really really good college career like I feel like you didn't really have very many slumps did you do you have like any year or any season that kind of sticks out to you as like a harder time in college or was it kind of just like a steady progression of you getting better and better? Uh, well, like after my freshman cross country season and then the beginning of indoor, I was injured for like pretty much a year straight. Um, so that, that was definitely rough, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, after that, I feel like I kind of exited the injury cycle and I was able to, like consistently improve through the rest of college like there were definitely like ups and downs like my senior year indoor season I did not run well at nationals that was that was pretty disappointing um like honestly like had some of like my worst races and I was just like great great timing um but you know I feel like that's just gonna happen when you're in college like I feel like most people had a bad nationals during their time just because like you're racing so much like you're gonna have a bad day on a nationals at some point yeah it's like you can't peak perfectly for every single one for how many nationals were there three seasons four years 12 you can't peak 12 times perfectly so yes I mean that was my expectation unfortunately it did not happen (laughs) I don't know I literally don't know anyone that that has happened to a perfect race at every single nationals (laughs) yeah I was hoping to be the first but didn't work out you know what I think your three NCAA steeplechase titles uh are pretty good so a pretty good showing at NCAAs (laughs) a little three-peat I won't complain yeah oh my gosh okay talking about that race I was actually there, um, saw you, you know, win that third title last year. And you had one of the best interviews I've ever seen after that race. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to play it right now. I have it pulled up on my phone um, for the audience. Let's see. Okay. Running your fastest ever, Allie. Did, were you, you able to get any reprieve there in the water jump from this brutal heat? You know, not really, to be honest. I feel so hard right now. And not in, like, the attractive way. I feel like I'm really low on the scale in that department. You join Elite Company with three and... 
That is the best quote I've ever heard after a race. And I like I like how the interview just doesn't address it at all. She just continues with the interview. She just moves on. No, but well, like you can even hear in the video, like I'm still breathing hard. Like I think I just like crawled off the track and they had a microphone in my face. And I probably like borderline heat stroke. It's like 113 degrees on the track. And like I'm not thinking coherently. This is what happens when they do this sort of thing. It, I wish I had, could have the video pulled up. But you're like sitting on like, I don't even know what you're sitting on. Like it looks like a throne. And she like, is just coming up to you. You're so overwhelmed. It was so hot that day. Yeah. Like you said, it had to be 110 degrees, degrees on the track, hundred percent humidity. And I just, I laughed so hard. And I think that has to be one of the most iconic interviews. So yeah. I just had, I had just had to play it. Well, thank you. No, I feel like that interview was like, it it ended up on like Barstool Sports or something. And I was like, it it doesn't matter like what place I had gotten in this race, like people would enjoy this interview more than watching the race. Oh, 100%. Like people that don't watch track. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the steeplechase is a cool event. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's like the personalities behind the track and field athletes that really stick out. So, I think I think for a lot of people, you established yourself as having an amazing personality after that interview. I will say. Oh, good. Yes. Um, and then I I think it was at USA's also like. I, I don't like I we haven't really talked that much in person you and I but I wanted to get an interview with you after USA's and I think you had made it you had just made it to Doha the world championships and we were in the interview tent I already felt so weird being in the media tent I always feel so weird with like all of like the traditional media people and then here's me running around with my vlog camera but <laughs> I uh, wanted to get an interview with you and then I asked you <laughs> I asked you what your like if you had any hidden talents and you said that you can make a really good ostrich noise and then you took a sip of your water and I swear the entire media tent went silent as you made your ostrich noise, but hands down best, best interview of the meet. And I posted on Instagram cause it was just too funny and I, it got a good response. So, um, yeah, you're definitely one of my favorites to catch down, like track down after the races are over to go get a good old interview. Oh, well, good. I'm honored. I I feel like, yeah, we haven't actually spoken in person that much. But for some reason, I just feel like I know you, I think, because <laughs> I follow your social media. Um, and I made an ostrich noise for you once. I was like, yeah, yes, this means we're friends. I feel like, yeah, like the ostrich noise really secured our friendship. So I'm glad that we, we did that interview. <laughs> yes, my hidden talent always comes through for me. There we go. Also, Another hidden talent that you have, you've been cooking up a lot of good food lately. Just started a food Instagram I saw. What did quarantine make you do it? What what came about? Yeah, so I'd kind of been considering it for a while because I really like cooking and I would like post stuff on my like normal Instagram and people would always ask me for recipes and stuff, but I was like, "Uh, oh, this isn't really like a recipe Instagram. Like it's more for like my, you know, athletics and stuff." And so uh, I just decided, I was like, you know, I'll just make a different Instagram. And then if people want the recipes, they'll just go follow that one. And then I won't like clog up my normal feed with like posting a ton of food that people don't really want to see. So I decided to start a Oh Lord We Namen. Uh, there is a link <laughs> to that in my personal bio. So anyone that wants to follow, 
Um, feel free. Yep. Uh, it's actually part of my three-step plan to become a millionaire. Um, Whoa! Yeah, the first step is starting the food page. The second step is amassing millions of followers. And the third step is profiting. So I'm on step two right now, uh, about uh, 1% of the way to a million. So Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. What's the plan to get there? How you, teach me your ways because I'm trying to get to a million too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, so far I haven't found a great method. I'm really just just struggling, you know. It, it seems like it might be a slow climb. Unless I live to about a million, I don't know if I'll be able to get there in time. But I'm going to have to try because I've already promised my sister so much from when I'm a millionaire. So, Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you could – I mean, maybe you just need to make the investment. Just spend like, I don't know, 100 grand and buy some fake followers. <laughs> yes. And then okay. you'll – but then the engagement will be bad. So I guess, you know, there's the trade-off there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually get like – I've gotten like three messages from people like – asking me to buy followers and I'm like offended I'm like you, you guys don't think I can do this on my own you think I need <laughs> fake followers really have, okay the best is have you gotten any sugar daddy requests oh I I haven't got okay actually I did get one on my food page I get a lot on my personal page but I just think it's hilarious when they're like hey baby like are you in need of a sugar daddy to give you a weekly allowance and I'm just like <laughs> Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> what, I feel like I've gotten quite a bit. It's like always on my food page though. I mean, there's some on my personal, but for some reason the food page really attracts the sugar daddies. But you know, sometimes like the allowance per week is kind of high and I'm like, Ooh, do I do this? It's like one time I got offered three grand a week. I was like, Ooh, this is kind of tempting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, know, I, right? I would never. I, I I do think that sometimes though. I'm like, how bad could it be? I mean, he's giving me a thousand dollars a week. I could whoo, I could do some stuff with that money. But I, I you know, never respond. But okay, yeah. so my roommate Carissa got one from some guy that wasn't it wasn't like a sugar daddy message, but it was like, Hey, I'll give you two hundred dollars a week to send me pictures of your feet and oh, she was absolutely not. She was like, what in the world? People are so weird on the internet. I do not understand. But also, like, is that real? I don't get it. Or is it, are they trying to scam you? I don't understand. Like, would it actually happen? I just feel like there's no way. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to try it out. Um, I recommend no one else does either. So <laughs> please do, do not respond. <laughs> yeah, but if, but if you happen to have tried it maybe in the past and... Just let me know how it went. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend for sure. Um, what's Have you gotten any like weird DMs that stick out to you? Yeah. So um, I got this one DM from a guy that was just like D6. And that was all. Just like the letter D and the number six. And I like didn't respond or anything. And then like a week later, he messages again. It was like, oh, my bad. I thought this was a vending machine. I was looking for a snack. And I was like, alrighty then. <laughs> Wait, that's kind of a good pickup line though. I know. And it was like, it was pretty clever. And like the fact that he waited a week between messages, I was like, there was a lot of forethought that went into this. So I was pretty Man. impressed, but still didn't respond because it was kind of creepy. 
Yeah, you know, randoms. It's like, uh, you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna take the risk on that one, you know. But that, but props. If you're listening, if you sent that message, to Allie, props to you. That's a good pickup line, and I'm gonna steal it and use it for when I slide into NBA basketball players DMs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Kind of. Well. Gosh, we, I don't even know what we talked about on this podcast. <laughs> a wide variety of things. But uh, switching back to running before we close it out. So you you just got a PRP injection in your Achilles a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Yeah. How was that? And how are you now? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was kind of weird because it was like – I had this injury that had been going on for a while and like my Achilles just hurt a lot, but like I was able to treat it and run through it. Okay. Um, but then with the Olympics being postponed, I was like, I just feel like I should get this under control cause it's not going to get better unless I stop running, um, and actually get treatment. But it was just kind of weird because I was like basically choosing to have an injury like that I could not run through. Um, so that was just interesting, like very different from any of my injuries in the past. Like I went and got like this PRP injection and it was like in a boot and like could barely walk. And I was like, it's so weird that I just chose to do this to myself. Um, but I'm really <laughs> glad I did because um, my Achilles feels great now. And I don't feel like that would have been the case if I had kept running or just like taken like a few weeks off and not gotten that aggressive treatment. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad I did it. The cross training definitely sucked. Like, and I wasn't running very much at all. Well, none at all for six weeks and then like very little for the next like four after that. Um, but I, yeah, recently got back up to like my normal mileage. So that feels good. Well, I feel like now is the time to do that. So I feel like you... You picked you picked the perfect time to give yourself an injury, um, and it'll be fun to watch you next year. Obviously, at the trials and everything. How how did your mindset like shift from this year to next year? Like, I don't know the Olympics getting postponed. How did you handle it? Um, I was definitely like bummed at first, uh, just because that was that event was what I had based so many of my goals and like my training off of. So it was definitely a bit jarring to like have to kind of like switch mentalities entirely and shift goals like an entire year. But overall, I definitely feel like it was advantageous to me just because, you know, this was my first year as a pro. And I feel like often it takes like a year to kind of adjust to a program. And then the next year is when you really start to reap the benefits of the training. And so I'm excited to have an extra year to prepare. And um, I think that having like, this summer to take care of this Achilles thing was good. And so, like, while it was disappointing to not have the Olympics this year, I do think it's, like, to my advantage to wait another year. Yeah, and to go into, like, an Olympic year next year without having a nagging Achilles is probably going to be very good for your confidence. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say so. And plus, like, I'm going to save so much time having to do way less prehab and treatment. It was just getting ridiculous 
towards the end, it would be like two hours a day trying to baby my Achilles. So. Oh my gosh. How bad did the PRP injection hurt? I feel like in the Achilles, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. It was actually like one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. <laughs> I thought you were like, going to say that it was, that it was like not that bad. It was actually not that bad. No, I didn't expect it to be that bad, but I was so wrong. Uh, yeah, it just like, it was just like this really intense pressure because they're injecting it like into the tendon, which like obviously is not supposed to have a bunch of fluid in it. Um, so they like inject it in there and it was just like super like intense pressure. Um, but it was like very short, so it only hurt super bad for like, so they did like, a few different injection points, but it only hurt bad at each of them for like five-ish seconds. So it was like okay. intense, but short. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you <laughs> you got through that. And I'm sure um, I'm sure a lot of these people listening are excited to see what you do next year and beyond. I mean, you're still so young. You're only 23, so many more yeah. years to come. Um, well, thank you for coming on. The last thing I'm going to ask is, do you have a, do you have a quote that you live by day to day or like a motto that you have in the back of your head? Yeah. So actually, um, my favorite book is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And uh, there's this quote in it. So towards the end of the book, um, like the main character, he's in the like a psychiatric unit, basically. And one of his friends comes to visit him and is kind of talking about like some of her problems. Like she just started college and um, just some of the things she's going through, you know, trying to meet new people and all of that. And then in the middle of her talk, she like stops and is like, I'm so sorry. Like, obviously what you're going through is much harder. And then he says this quote that's like, well, like, it's not like, my lot is better or worse than your lot. Our lots are just different, which basically means that, like, you know, the the hand that people are dealt, like, are different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're better or worse. And for me, that relates to, like, running in life in so many ways. Like, everyone has a different path to success, and everyone goes through different injuries and, like, ups and downs and all of that. But just because your path is different than someone else's doesn't mean it's better or worse. I like that quote a lot. I've never heard it. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure everyone wants to follow you now to see your quality content on your food Instagram and on your normal one. Your normal one has amazing captions too, I oh, will say. Thank you. Thank you. That The normal one is not part of my plan to becoming a millionaire though, so I really need this OLOD page to take off. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Go, what um, What are your usernames? Um, so my personal Instagram is Allie underscore Ostrander. Um, and that's the same on Twitter as well, although I don't tweet very often. And then my food Instagram is Oladwinamen, which I'm not even going to attempt to spell on here. There's a link to it on my personal Instagram bio. It'll be in the show notes, too, so you can go check that out. Go give her a follow. She's a good one to follow, I will say. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. This was fun. It was all over the place, but I loved it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Of course. All right. Peace out, fellas. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Convos Over Cold Brew. Big shout out to Emily T for supporting the podcast. It means a lot to me. I give a shout out to one of my supporters every single week. So if you guys are interested in supporting, it really helps. And the link is in the show notes. If you guys want to be more up to date on the podcast, follow at Convos Over Cold Brew on Instagram. There's some fun content going on on there. And if you love the podcast, it means a lot to me if you rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It helps grow the podcast so much, and I just love to hear you guys' feedback. So if you've already done that, thank you, and it would mean a lot to me if you took time to do that. Thank you guys so much for listening and for all your support on this podcast, and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.